Oh, we're going. Here we go, here we go, here we go. Love and Thunder podcast number dozo. Welcome. Welcome to the Love and Thunder Cop podcast. I'm your host, Dave Lipson. And I'm Kemi LeBlanc-Bessonet. And we got a great little Cassie cast for you. We're going to get into some nutrition for fat loss. We're going to talk about testosterone and testosterone therapies, both natural and exogenous. And we're going to have some uh, fun little story time talking about our baby girl Zoe turning two. Take those ingredients, put them in a pot, stir it around, cook it for 30 minutes, and that's what this podcast is. Yeah. I mean, we're talking fat loss, dirty diaper, and testosterone. Who doesn't want to know about that? Why not? Taboo, uh, taboo, taboo. And, like starting on the fat loss stuff, this is something that you and I have a lot of experience in personally and professionally yes. having gone through multiple types of serious body fat cuts getting ready for things like bodybuilding shows um and coming doing, back from a pregnancy coming back from <laughs> pregnancy and doing that with um at this point thousands, thousands. of our athletes yeah. in some of our uh shred or fat loss challenges so i run the 30-day shred challenge which is a very immersive all-in you know what can you do in 30 days in terms of changing your physique you run another challenge mm -hmm. what's the name of your challenge well, we change it every month <laughs> <That's all right. laughs> because That's we so just kidding. like to stay. Yeah, that is very me. Fresh. I like to keep it fresh and fun. But um, is it a month long challenge? Is it a yeah, months? 30 days. Okay. And then uh, I normally uh, give them like uh, one or two weeks off in between. And then I'll give them maintenance prescription during the in between because I don't want to just do like a a non-stop of the fat loss. Like yeah. I really believe in, in cycling, uh, like those, those fat loss. So you're saying like periods of time where like you're really pushing and then periods of time where maybe you're maintaining, maintaining just, or reversing. Cause yeah. I always want to, the goal is to keep bringing the, the metabolism back up. Right. Yeah. And then and be able to keep the body composition where it is I like and that feed them more and more. The body needs time to adjust and, and maybe hold on to a new set point. You yep. know, get used to it. You create homeostasis where it's regular. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we have athletes that'll do the month long challenge and do it for, they'll repeat it for, we put a maximum on it. So three months max, which I think for most people is a good three period of time enough, yeah. to really see what you're capable of. At that point, they might go to like maintenance yes. or reverse diet mm -hmm. and just kind of try to hold it before they start pushing again. But one of the things that we do a little different than most people is like a lot of these fat loss challenges might just be like, oh, it's just a nutrition challenge yeah. or it's just some training. But I, I kind of view it as like, you know, taking every possible variable that we can mm -hmm. control to stack the deck, so to speak, in the favor of, of the client. So it's really hard for them to fail. So yeah, it's not just I training, think that's it's not uh, just nutrition. Yeah, most I, I feel like most program out there, it's either like just the training and just nutrition where people just try to put the athlete in a calorie deficit. And I think what we both have noticed with doing that is that that's kind of giving the clients only one hour into their day and then letting, letting them like go on their own and like find a way to mess it up in the other 23 hours. That's so, right. You, you trained hard for an hour. You did something good. Now you got 23 other hours yes. to mess it up or, or fuck it up, so to speak. So we try to just really uh, build like program that is like it, it, uh, on my side, like also involve a lot of mindset, a lot of like uh, timing through the day. So we're really uh, bringing like a lot more precision and a lot more like targeted adaptation involving hormonal response. So it's not just like, here's the food, 
kind of do what you want with it through the day, but we're really trying to to just give you like everything you need to be super successful. Yeah, and you're right. It totally boils down to that. That schedule is your framework to lean on because every action you take in the day is done on purpose with purpose. Mm -hmm. If you give someone an inch, they're going to take a mile. Yes. You know, they're going to save all their carbs for the end of yep. the day. And it's just going to kind of in, in some ways defeat the purpose. And we want more than anything to have our athletes be successful because regardless of what mm -hmm. we think, results are king. You can't yes. argue with results. Yes. And so to see a before and after picture that is so compelling that people are doing a double take after 30 days and going, what the hell you know, mm -hmm. did you do? We don't need to try to argue about why our methods are more or less effective. Yeah. It's undeniable. Yeah. So let's get into a little bit about like what that looks like on the nutrition side of things. And one of the big things that's happening now is like athletes are inundated and people in general with so much information about nutrition. So much information. I think what we try to do is really boil it down to real basic foundations yes. that you need to have yes. before you even start worrying about any of the other shit. You got to have this stuff dialed in to start losing body fat. And the first thing we talk about is a caloric deficit. I don't think that's a word people are unfamiliar with, but let's talk a little bit about what that actually means. Yeah. So a caloric deficit is just, for example, you have like a X amount of fuel that comes in your body through the day. And then depending on how active you are, you're going to like exert like that energy out. So it's so you have your, your basal metabolic rate, like that's yes. how much, that's how much, you know, how many calories how much, your body is using to sustain its current mass, yes. not even with the additional activity, just like hanging out, yes. sitting down, doing your regular yes. thing. When you add the activity in there, there's additional energy requirements. Yes. And when you start consuming less food than your body needs to sustain its current mass. Your body wants to adapt yep. to go catch up that amount of food. And for a lot of people, I think like they make mistakes either being too aggressive with that deficit yep. or not aggressive enough. Yep. So let's talk a little bit about the ways that we maybe assign a baseline for people based on their age and their gender mm -hmm. and their activity level and some ways that we essentially give our best guess as to where someone might start for a caloric deficit. Yes. So I know that uh, this is what we do with our athletes. And uh, for me and you, I think we like created something like a like tw 12 different starting points, depending on like uh, um, age. Am I going too vague right no, now? No, no, no. Okay. Uh, depending on, on uh, age, uh, gender, uh, percentage of body fat and activity level. Yep, That's it, kind of where we, and what we do is that we look at our athlete. Okay. For example, you are a woman, um, 40 years old, about, uh, 20% body fat and then abs, no abs, no abs. And you train like three times a week. And then what we'll do is that we'll take, um, your current weight, like minus 20 pound ish, or look at your lean body mass and give you X amount of calorie per pound of lean body mass. When I think about this, I like to start. <laughs> I, with, I feel like I, I know, went way too in depth. But when I think about this, I like to start with like the, the, best case scenario athlete yes. and move down from yes. there. So when I think about okay, someone- Okay, let's give them for people at home, like well, I'll give let's a go super general. Yeah, yes. but let's say like, let's say we have a male, right? Men just, they're gonna be better at fat loss because they're hormones. We have a male, we, they're under 40 years old. Yes. They have 10% body fat or, or less and they're active. That's our best case scenario. 
to get that athlete to start them in a caloric deficit, the magic number for me is 12. Yeah. 12 calories per, like pound, 12 per pound of body weight per day. You know, so when we have a, a 200 pound athlete, mm -hmm. they're going to start at 2,400 calories per day to start to get into a yes. deficit. Now, the thing is like, you can have people with identical biometrics that may respond completely differently. Yeah. So there's always that X factor, but yes. that's a pretty good guess. Now from there, we can look at body fat and say, okay, what about, what if you're over 10%? Well, that's where, instead of changing the multiplier number No, because we like the 12. Yeah. Just bring your, it, your weight down, yeah, like more it, towards your It allows us to work mass. in like finer yes. increments as opposed to going to a 13 yes. multiplier. So, you know, we might do say something like, okay, let's take 10 pounds off that body yep. weight and then multiply it by 12. If they're, over 40, we usually mm -hmm. do the same thing, um, even if they are 10% or less. If they're uh, a female, we usually start them at minus 10 to minus 20 off their body weight. And mm -hmm. as their body fat gets higher, we subtract more and more weight off of their, their body yeah, weight. So as a resume for people at home, like we overall like to start people at a, a 12 calorie per lean body mass, yep. per pound of lean body mass. So if you want to start somewhere, that's a great place to start. And now looking if this works or not, just look at how your weight changed this week. Yeah, so that's through the, the thing. week, if you are in a calorie deficit, you should be losing weight. And that's the problem with a lot of like nutrition calculators or a lot mm -hmm. of fat loss programs is they give you one one prescription to start mm -hmm. with. But the truth is that initial baseline prescription, what we often term as our A days, because yeah. we have A, B, C, even D days we'll get mm -hmm. to, is it's just a litmus test to see how you're going to react. Yes. If you reacted well and what we kind of determine as well is, you know, losing maybe one to three pounds per week. That's a good, safe, healthy rate of weight loss where you're not going to be eating away at too much muscle, but you're mm -hmm. not going to be going so slow that nothing really changes. Yes. Then we can incrementally start to make that deficit a little harder and harder. But if you lose no weight, we obviously need to be more aggressive. Yes. If you lose too much, we got to maybe pull it back or add in a refeed. Yes. And that's just calories. Now, with regard to macronutrients, there's also more of a formula we generally lean on for mm -hmm. most people which is looking at the ratios of protein, carbs, and fat, or what percentage of those macronutrients are coming from your total daily calories. Yes. So generally, we start athletes at about 40% protein, 30% carbs, and 30% fat. Let's talk a little bit about why we would even do that. Like, what's the purpose of, of maybe restricting carbs a little bit or bumping protein up? Yeah, I think like especially the way that um, we time the food through the day, what we like to do with our athlete is really try to keep the cards around the training so we can like really target like an anabolic response through the body. Anabolic is where your body wants to like get that stuff in your cell. Or, or at the very least, maintain your muscle mass because when you're training hard, lifting weights hard, you're breaking down muscle. And if you have, are so depleted with muscle glycogen, you don't have the available stores for fuel, then it's going to actually start eating away at muscle. So it makes a lot of sense to place the majority of your calories and especially your carbohydrates, which provides the fuel for your muscles to do high intensity contractions like when you're weightlifting around that training window. Yes. Okay, cool. And exactly then, what I was saying. And then just from like a little bit of And a, a, we want to, so because with our athletes, we're looking at weight loss and we want to keep the muscle on. So the goal is to kind of put those carbs and the, the chunk of our food around that training window and try to stay more in a, in a fasted space 
around the rest of the day. So not as much food for the rest of the day, but we got great energy to train and enough food to sustain our daily activity. And Camille and I both do this differently. Like I prefer for my athletes to do a little bit of an intermittent fast where they cut their eating off at about 8 p.m. and they don't start eating their first well, I big do that meal too. until, okay, until like at least 12 or one the next day. During the morning, they do things like fasted cardio, but they're not really having carbs and they're not really having lots of calories because we want to increase their insulin sensitivity, yep. insulin being the storage hormone. So if we're very sensitive to insulin in the mm -hmm. body, we're not going to be constantly secreting as much to clear blood sugar out of the yep. bloodstream. It's a great way to kind of reboot people's metabolic process yep. and get them in that mode of pulling fat for energy, especially during fasted yes. cardio. And that's why the, the carbohydrates are generally a little bit more restricted. Now, some people need to be- Well, are, more restricted when, when you compare it to- uh, just a balanced diet. Um, yeah, other other prescription when, out there because a lot of people do other things and they think it's a lot compared and to what when they you compare did. it to the way most people that are maybe not as versed in nutrition are eating, it's actually way more restricted because they're so high in carbs, so yeah. low in protein, and so high in fat. It's just different. It, yeah. it is, and everyone responds differently depending on their entry point. Like some people, we actually need to pull the carbs down to almost yeah. nothing to really reboot them and get yeah. things working. Some people have. Um, great carbohydrate tolerance mm -hmm. and they can have more and still see good fat loss and muscle maintenance. Yeah. So there is wiggle room in there, but, but in that general, is something like talking about more precise about people. That's something that we see in our athletes, like a little further down. So we always want to start with kind of that baseline that works for most, most of the time, which is that 12 calorie per lean body mass and that ratio of 40, 30, 30. And once you've gone through this for one or two weeks, assess how your body is changing and then you can start to make some adaptation. And you can't just keep taking more and more calories away. That's the thing. It's yes. like if they're not responding <laughs> to the, the restriction, at a certain point, you know, this 250 pound person yes. is eating like 2000 calories. They should be losing weight. Yes. Maybe the answer isn't less food. Sometimes the answer is more food, yep. but maybe a little bit more carbohydrate restriction. Yes. Um, and, and, and like we see this all the time with people who maybe, you know, stay in this fat loss phase for too long is they mm -hmm. burn the calories down so low that they can actually grind their metabolism to yep. a halt. So that's why the rate of loss is really important Super to important. focus on. Um, and that's the big difference is like, you know, we do weekly check-ins with people yep. where we can see how much what their weight has changed, how they're feeling. That's a really important indicator mm -hmm. as to how their body is responding, how compliant they were with yep. the diet. If it's unachievable, it doesn't make sense to yep. do. If and they don't do it, it doesn't work. Yep. So got to find something that uh, they can do it. And I think also for athletes having that accountability of knowing they got to take their shirt <laughs> off and take a photo and check back in with their coach and a group full of people who are doing the same thing. I think that that allows them like, just like, you know, how when we do CrossFit, it's, it's group suffering. Yes. Like I'm okay to do it because everyone else is doing it. Doing it. Yes. And, uh, you know, the more contact we can have with athletes, the better. Otherwise, when things get silent, you often lose people. Let's move on. Yes. Uh, testosterone. Testosterone. Yeah. yeah. For, you know, and, and I think people want to conflate testosterone to be like just like a, a guy's kind of thing. But the truth is, testosterone is important for men and for women. It's a very important sex hormone. And it's very important for, uh, from a performance standpoint, for lean muscle mass, for fat loss, for mental acuity and drive. Uh, obviously, it Obviously, it, performance. Performance. Too, yeah. In the bedroom as well. Yep. So uh, uh, people who deal with things like erectile dysfunction, lethargia, and, and it naturally declines as you get older. When you know, for men after the age of 26, 26 testosterone yep. starts to decline. And 
for a lot of people, um, they tend to just kind of be a little bit fatalistic and say like, oh, I guess I'm getting older. Mm -hmm. Or especially for men, I've, I've seen a lot of people just suffering in silence yeah. and being like, oh, well, you know, I don't want to talk about it. Maybe a... I'm embarrassed about it, that kind of stuff. I think that most people at home are just, uh, and I mean, that used to be me too before I now know more about more people, but uh, I think people at home just see like a, the, this person like juiced out of their mind and they think those are the only people that do it. And if they do uh, any of it, they'll look like that, where, where the truth is is really not that at all. The truth is like to try to use this to like optimize your health and give you just uh, the the best way to live right now, because that's that's the goal, mm -hmm. unless you are competing in something or like uh, you're you don't need it uh, you know it's like funny. It's i like feel like most the men, goal should be just live your best life most men that i know that you you and i both know who mm -hmm. are over the age of 40 like the vast majority of them mm -hmm. are on like a testosterone replacement therapy that's because we're friends with a lot of fit people yeah. and they really care about the idea of 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 thrive not just survive yeah but um let's why talk don't you get um because why don't you uh, take us through your journey through this? Well, you've been there because with the hand I know hand. that's why I'm saying that. So, because like for you, like we we've seen you change through the years, me and you, and it was kind of this thing of like, my God, what's going on? And like, what's going on with Dave? And I know for me, you started to be super lethargic. That was the first thing I was like, you didn't have that like fire and drive like you there was used a number to. of things there was a number of things that happened this goes back to like i guess i was in my early almost mid 30s and mm -hmm. um you know like i got that was the first thing that happened was i got sick i went to like south america yes. and picked up this like stomach bug that made me sick for for months and then after that weird things started happening to my body like my muscle mass started to decrease i started becoming kind of a lot softer i didn't have any motivation to do anything i started experiencing some erectile dysfunction mm -hmm. i'm okay to say that it's important for guys to know it's okay mm -hmm. to say that and to address it and um and in general like i felt like something is off something is wrong yeah. and you know i didn't really say anything for a long time until i just i had to you know, I had to be like, yeah. hey, I, I got to figure this out. Went to the doctor. Sure enough, the testosterone level was at 250, which is very low. You know, general, the total testosterone on a range, and this is from people, everyone from like 18-year-old boys to, you know, seven-year-old men, is is generally going to be on a, on a normal scale of 300 to maybe 1,000. 300 being an older man and 1,000 being like an 18-year-old. So kid. if someone goes to their doctor, um, that's what they would want. Yeah, they want to like, see the free and the total, right? But the, okay. the total is a really good indicator as, as to, you know how much testosterone you're producing the free is is kind of telling you how much you're actually getting of that yeah. okay um so like you know obviously it's low a lot of guys test low they can test low for a number of reasons usually things like training volume sleep and recovery stress diet that can really contribute to it so that was the first place i started it was like mm -hmm. hey let me try to take my stress down let me try to sleep better let me try to eat better make sure i'm not yeah. just constantly in a catabolic state and um, marginal improvement, right? Maybe from 250 to 300, not yes. not great. Then we went to a doctor and this was like the, the like natural natural, Yeah, yep. like natural doctor where and, we try to, uh, gosh, I remember like you would get like those, uh, those the, bags. The, oh, just bags thousands of, of dollars, thousands of dollars in supplements. Thousands of, oh it, it was great. I mean, we did all kinds of blood work and they looked at everything and it was good, but like the, and the actual it was almost treatment like, of it, I felt like was just like, 
they were just sucking money out yeah, of us. Like which we, I think they were. We spent almost $50,000, you Ugh. and I, on just like supplements to try to make ourselves better. And then after like a full year of doing that and seeing that it really hadn't gone up that much, that's when I was like, all right, I'm done with this. Like, just, just give me the stuff. Okay? Yeah, I remember that. And it was scary. Like you and I were actually pretty scared. We're like, I know. what does this mean? Is this it was gonna- so funny how much like, um, well, I think it's because I was a professional athlete and I was like, we can't do this. Yep, like exactly. we, like you can't touch this. It's it's the the devil. Like you know. So, so I was let's go over so, all the things we were so... worried about. Um, cheating. Oh, you're gonna be. Are you trying to cheat? Is this a performance enhancing drug? I never competed. In well, no, that, that yeah, was never. Yeah, How is it gonna reflect it, on it was that. Oh, well, if it Dave was is the, doing this, then yeah. he must be giving it to her. That's absolutely ridiculous yeah. because we have moral fiber. Like we yes. believe in honesty. Yes. Um, the other thing was like fertility. Like, oh my God, are we going to be able to have babies? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, being on it forever. Like, am I going to have to stay on this for the rest of my life? Which the truth is my biggest fear was like, you know, what if I have to go off of it? Well, if I had to go off of it, mm-hmm. it would land me right where I was anyways. Yeah. So I was already living my greatest fear. Yeah. Um, and then um, what just, you know, what people might think or say about it because they tend to just be very, you know, it, it has like it's a just stigma, a, just like marijuana. It was like all of it was fear that that like had nothing to do with your health. Mm -hmm. It was like fear of everyone else. Or medical complications. Like, Like, am I going to have a heart attack? Am I going to lose my hair? Um, Am I going to be covered in acne? By the way, none of that happened. You know, with good medical doctors, I started working with at first the Boulder Longevity Institute, now with Live Health and with the same doctor at Live Health, where it's every three months monitoring. I mean, there's a big difference between uh, trying to self-prescribe with uh, uh, you know, Joe Schmo at the at the 24-hour fitness or global gym that was like, yo, 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 I'll make this in my basement. And uh, being like strongly followed by doctors because they are... And, the and getting doctors the pharmaceuticals are, from good legitimate pharmacies, yes. not people like mixing it in their basement yes. where you can end up with things like heavy metals or arsenic yes. or, you know, you don't know what you're injecting And doctors in your body. are so scared to hurt anyone that they start like very, very it's the Hippocratic slow. Oath. The first rule then, is do no harm. Right? Yes. And so like we started with a very conservative dose of, of a little testosterone. It's like a hundred milligrams of testosterone sipinate, which is generally the compound, you know, it's a slow metabolizing testosterone that makes your level steady. But we started with a conservative dose and it was great. And I kind of landed at like, um, I think now, like my baseline for the past couple of years has been around 200 milligrams of sipinate, which puts my total testosterone right at the upper end of normal. So it puts it right around 800 to 1,000. Um, now, the effects, I mean, like I'm I'm really happy that I did it. Uh, I was first off like- Higher performance everywhere. Everywhere. Better Everyone, performance everyone's in the happy. bedroom. Everyone's, everyone's happy. happy. <laughs> Better performance in the bedroom. Really, mo- like as soon as I got on it, I was like motivated. That's when I wrote my first book. Yep. Where I was like, I was just all of a sudden, like I was driven to do it stuff. It was that, for me, like your wife, um, the biggest thing I've seen like from you, like just having normal hormones, um, you're just a lot more fun, um, a lot more drive, which I think for us is so important because we push each other always to be better. So I know we feed off each other, like we feed off 
each other's energy. And when one of us is like kind of blob, like we can yeah. feel it. It feels and like I having, went from honestly, having a ball. I went from having a little bit more of a blob. Like I felt like I had to push you to do things. And I didn't I want to felt, get out of bed. I didn't want to go to the gym. Yeah. And it was um, hard because I felt like uh, back, always tired, constantly yes. tired. And you used to work on the weekend back then. So through the week we would be together and I would be just like, full-time studying and chemical engineering, like, you know, working for the CrossFit game and you would be like in bed. Yeah. And I was like, oh, no, it, it like this is like, not going to work. For you guys out there, maybe you can relate to this. It just feels like having your dick in the dirt. Like it just, like, I remember, literally I remember and, at one point we were at a party with our friends and we, they were like getting in the pool and everyone was taking their shirt off. And I was like ashamed to take my shirt yeah. off, not because I didn't look good, but I had slipped so far from what I was that I was just like, I don't even, I, I just don't even want to do mm -hmm. it. And I, I never want to feel that way again. I feel now, like how you feel dictates so much of your, your action and yes. your energy yes. yeah and what you're putting out there because you still look great but because you didn't feel good it oh, was see, just like i am a more generous person on you know like it, it's it's got a lot of benefits yes. but i think people sometimes wonder like what kind of effects it's gonna have physically honestly you know from where i am now to where i was i've made enormous gains mentally physically emotionally but like just looking at my physique my physique mm -hmm. changed but really really slowly like every year it was yeah, a little more the, and, you and started the when did that, you started well we started doing this in like 2016 17 was the first time i started taking a little bit and then 16. you know getting smarter so that's that's been like now, six years. Yeah, six years. And and people have seen like my physique change going from a two. But you also pound, completely changed the way I, you train because yep. you got back surgery, which That's we'll it. talk about in another episode. And and we'll like, you know, just to give you metrics here, like I went from a, a 200 pound kind of a little bit softer than I am now for sure, like probably 15% body fat to someone who's like 250 and under 10% body mm -hmm. fat. But that didn't happen overnight. And it doesn't just happen with testosterone because there's a zillion people on testosterone yes. that don't look anything like me. <laughs> yeah. Right? yeah, you can't just, I know, we, I mean, we see some uh, of our, our friend and I'm, I'm, and people we know that they take it, they, they come to us and they're like, hey, I started testosterone, but then they, they don't do anything it's that is tool. in line with health. Yep. And we're like, why? Yeah. Like, it's like you have to do everything right. And then if, if you need it, like if things don't go the right way, then like, okay, like maybe talk to your doctor about it. But if you're not sleeping well, you're constantly drinking, you're yes. not eating well and you don't train, it's like one, there's so many other things to do first. It's one small piece of a larger important piece that is really part of three pillars. So internal chemistry, like for men, yeah, testosterone is an important part. So is thyroid. So is just your general blood mm -hmm. markers and, and internal health. And then you need to have your nutrition dialed in and that pushing you in the right direction. And you mm -hmm. need to have your training dialed in. And all those three things move in confluence. You can continue yes. to make slow and steady progress, which is what I did. But you can't like, you can't just like take testosterone and, and then fuck off. Wish it forward. Yeah, it's not going to happen. Right. And because there are things to keep an eye on, your red blood cells, you know, potential stress you could be putting on your body. We limit anything that can contribute to that. So for instance, we don't drink. Mm -hmm. I, I won't drink because I want to make sure I'm always keeping my blood pressure good. And that's always something I'm a little concerned with. So no alcohol has no place. My liver enzyme levels or kidney function, like I'm not going to touch alcohol because I don't want to piss those things off. Yeah. You know, we're trying to 
um, be able to think of it more holistically than just one hormone. Okay, so let's move on. We got three minutes. We're going to close out with some fun stories. Our daughter Zoe Zoe's too. too. Oh my gosh. I love her so much. Oh, I just, every morning I, I cry wake up, all the time. I'm so excited to wake up every morning to see her face when she runs into my room and she goes, Daddy! Every and, time, oh every time I pick her up in her crib in the morning, she starts to laugh and she goes, Yay! <laughs> oh, just, and from where she came, oh, like, you know, for those of you guys who are listening, Zoe was born early. It was super traumatic for everyone. We spent three months in the hospital. A lot of that time worried for her life, watching alarms go off, wondering if she, we were going to be able to resuscitate her multiple times a day. And then from there, we got her out and she went from this baby that was born at two pounds now to like this little 30 pound monster full of energy. She's amazing. And um, she is just like the joy of our life. And seeing her thrive to me is like the, the most rewarding thing I get really <laughs> Yeah, I know you can do it. I get really it. like that when yes. um, I think about where she started. Well, I think now. I think that um, the fact that it was so hard when she started, it really gave us the I, I don't know what to say it. It made us realize how much of of a miracle and a gift she is. And I remember when she was born for me, because we didn't know how long we were gonna have her. I just promised myself to give her everything I could for for the time I had with her. And I just remember every day she was still there with us at the hospital. It was kind of a gift and I, I feel like it never stopped. So for me, like every day she's a little gift. I want to spend as much time with her so as we can. We and filled an entire room up. We probably blew up like a hundred balloons. <laughs> we spent the whole night she likes blowing balloons. balloons. And then, you know, we took her to daddy daughter dance class yep. and then the gymnastics, gymnastics and she and had a water day in school and, and she had her cake. We bought her a bubble machine and she had a great day. And like hearing her laugh and her joy for she's life the is the greatest gift. So for so those of you guys out there who may have been, you know, dealing with stuff with your kids, maybe they were born premature or a health issue, we understand how hard and scary that can be staring yeah. down the barrel Jesus. of the gun. But we want to let you know, like, keep hope alive because the kids are resilient. And, you know, as a parent, your job is to just support, make, them. support them and make their lives as joyful as you can for however long All right, you have this the privilege. is episode two. Follow us, subscribe, and uh, ask us questions in the comments.